also contains adult language, mature situations, carnivorous plants, insane dentists, Tisha Campbell, Mr. Mushnick's florist, Rick Moranis Skid Row, and a big, enormous 12-inch screen. Listener discretion is advised. Do I? Episode 15. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spyrokin Movie Review, where we review movies and talk about a bunch of stuff. You can check us out at www.spyrokin.com or email us at spyrokin at gmail.com, belchan.spyrokin at gmail.com, hope.spyrokin at gmail.com, zan at spyrokin.com, and a bunch of other things. You can leave us a voicemail at 206-350-8462. Oh, welcome to another episode. I just got that out of the way really quick. Smart, right? Yes, smart. Before you even introduced anyone. <laughs> hey, it works. So as you can guess, Hope and Bella are with me. And they, I said, we should do it because we're reviewing... Little Shop of Horrors! Of course, we had to have you guys do it because you guys know what you're doing, unlike Baz or Rufus or Deke or Cal or any of the other people. Because they would be like, this is boring, this sucks, or this is strange. Well, actually, Cal really wanted to do this movie, but he doesn't pick up his phone, ever. Uh, well, that's not good. Well, it's his loss, I guess. I guess. So, yes. Yeah, so, as you can guess from the last episode of the Spire, can we re-roll the Dodecahedron of movies? And it dictated that we were reviewing, well, Little Shop of Horrors, which is an interesting movie for way back when. Many years ago. Like, when was when did it come out? Around... Happy the 80s, right? Yeah, around 1986, give or take. Uh, Actually, the day before... Two days before your birthday. Really? December wow. 19th. Cool. Oh. Yes, and actually this movie was... Directed by Frank Oz. Mm. Does Yoda, he does. <laughs> yes. And also written by Howard Ashman. Actually, this is a remake of an old film which came out in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And it was a stage play before that. I had no idea. I always thought it was just, you know, moved from the 80s and then it ended up on Broadway. And, yeah. Well, I know a... my high school's doing it in a couple of weeks. So. Whoa. Well, high school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I have a question. When they when they did the older version, was it a musical or was it originally just a horror movie? No, it was just a really bad horror movie, which had a bunch of very famous people in it, including Jack Nicholson in his first role. Either way. This movie is starring a lot of interesting people, including Ellen Green, Rick Moranis, Steve Martin, Levy Stubbs, Tisha Campbell, surprisingly. Because the first time I ever saw her was Martin... Martin, which no one remembers but me apparently. I remember Martin. And the other one, the, the 
actress was in it too. The other singer. Uh, yeah, um, Michelle Weeks. And also, Jim Belushi was in it and John Candy. Don't forget Bill Murray. Yes. And yes, forget Bill Murray. <laughs> and in a special cameo appearance, Steve Martin. Yes. Has <laughs> a very interesting character. Now, we should just get right into it. So, for those of you who don't know, Little Shop of Horror is a very simple story. And basically, it's, um, you know, they're working on Skid Row. There's a man who owns a flower shop. This just hasn't been great. A mm-hmm. lot like the times right now. But then you have Rick Moranis' character, Seymour. And he likes the his co-worker, Audrey. And she um, he's, opens up. She walks into work. She's got a shiner. And obviously, she's had, had a very nice evening with her boyfriend. Later, find out is a masochist. Yeah, sorry, he's a sadist rather. And uh, their boss, Mister Mushnik, who is a very well, I'm not gonna lie, he's kind of not a nice person. Yeah, no, he's very shady and not entirely upfront. He's very penny pinching. Yeah, like a business. A very sly business person. Yeah. yeah. Very temperamental. Like, he'll be the sweetest guy one second, and then, you know, it's like, oh, screw you, I'm back. Yeah, he's very mean, <laughs> but the thing is, they're not making money because they're on Skid Row. He's in yeah. it for himself. Well, it's his story. Look it out for himself. Seymour, <laughs> he's just, well, he said it. He was just an orphan who Mushnik picked up and said, hey, you clean my floors, you do my bathroom, I, I give you a place to live right. in my really seedy florist shop. <laughs> <laughs> slave labor. Because he had no other choice. Mm-hmm. No. A group home or Mr. Mushnik? <laughs> I'll take the home. <laughs> Over Mr. Mushnik. Well, he loved Mr. Mushnik, I think, because that was his father figure. Yeah. But what happened was, because the times are going so bad, because we don't know exactly when this takes place. They say it's a couple of decades before now when things were not as good. I mean, from, like, the costumes and everything, just the whole, the way it looks. It looks like it might be mid-50s, because they, there was a scene where they're watching I Love Lucy on a great big 12-inch television screen. A 12-inch screen. Ooh, so pretty. So nice. Uh, so, Seymour, he likes horticulture, and he likes plants, and... Exotic plants? Yeah, exotic plants. And one day he's walking down the street, <laughs> and he finds a well, weird plant and brings it. And they think, hey, if we put this in the window, people will come and give us money to see it. I forgot to mention uh, when he notices this plant, it wasn't there before, and there is a total eclipse of the moon. And suddenly he sees it in the shop and uh, just picks it up, buys it. Yeah, and the guy charged him a dollar twenty-five, even though the plant wasn't there a second ago. <laughs> now that's a good businessman. I just found this on the street. Here you go. <laughs> uh, yep. So they put this plant on. Everyone suddenly like, "Whoa, that's a weird plant. I like it. I'll give you one hundred and fifty bucks to buy this plant because I'm interested." Ooh, or buy some roses. I'm surprised no one said, "Hey, I want to buy the plant." So I thought the first guy who walked in noticed the plant he was going to offer money. I mean, it had been a real long time since he'd seen the movie, and I was expecting that, but... Yeah. Instead, he buys, like, $50 worth of roses, and then they couldn't break a 100 So he's like, oh, I'll just have to buy double. Double? Double! Yes. Back then, $100 <laughs> worth of roses was, like, 
20 bouquets or something. <laughs> now it's three? Is it? Well, it, it depends on where you go. If you, like, say, you go to the A&P where the flowers last much longer than uh, certain florists, you could probably get a few bouquets, maybe like five. Mm, if you go to Costco's, you can get, like, a, a ton of them for $100. Yeah, probably like five, too. Mm. Yeah. $20 per BK. So, a lot of the money will seem odd at this point, because you see, like, people spending $10, or they'll spend, like, $1.50 for a huge sandwich, and this it's a different time, you have to think. Yeah, when they were selling the gold standard. Yeah. It was a different thing. So, this little plant, which they, which Seymour has christened Audrey too. Starts getting sick because he doesn't know what to feed it. It's a weird, well, it's a weird plant. It's not take. It takes water, but doesn't take any plant food or take any. Yeah, looks like a Venus flytrap. I think that's what it is. It's like a weird Venus flytrap thing, and he finds out that it drinks well. Blood, human blood. Yes. We're pretty sure human blood, even though it wasn't exactly so defined. Specified if it was mainly Seymour's blood at first. Yeah. He gets really anemic halfway through. You see, he can't, doesn't know where he is. All his fingers are bandaged up, and it's just awful. Yes. It's like, give me some time to heal. It's ridiculous. And as later on it shows, Audrey too is more than a plant. It's he's she's it's mind of its own and yeah, really profane. Yeah. It says a lot. It's a monster. Mm. Is it a she or is it a... I mean, because it was a guy's voice. Yeah, voice yeah. Levy Stubbs from The Four Tops yeah. is a very deep, rememberable a she, voice. A she, he, a mean mother. We'll call it just Audrey 2. Okay. Well, Audrey 2 is just, well, evil. Well, has evil designs, obviously, because it eats blood. And at first, like I said, Seymour just wants to make it grow up, make it big, and it keeps wanting more and more blood, and he after a while, he's like, what do you want me to do? You want me to slip my wrist? <laughs> That's okay with the plant. <laughs> uh, and the plant reveals that it's sentient and talks to him. Well, this is a musical, so they sing. And he reveals that, you know, there's gotta be someone you can 86, and, you know, no one will miss him. And he kind of hints at Audrey's boyfriend, who is well... The one... The only Steve Martin. Yes, Orin Scrivello, DDS. Yes, <laughs> Yes, he's a dentist <laughs> and a success. The crazy dentist who's addicted to um, laughing gas. To nitrous oxide. <laughs> I would drink that. I'd sniff that. He's even got an apparatus of sorts. It looked cool on him. He looked like a spaceman. <laughs> and him just going... <laughs> like, hey, I know you. You're that guy. <laughs> then he punches his nurse out every two minutes. That's awful. His nurse seemed mean and big. Yeah, but you know, she works for kind of an asshole, so well, you'd, you'd be angry too. Well, he's a dentist. Most dentists are mean. Oh, that's not true. That was just a funny scene. There aren't many dentists who are like him who get off on pain and want to inflict pain on their patients. 
Send us emails, and if you believe this to be oh, true or not, sparkin at gmail.com. If, Prove me wrong, people. If your dentist is evil or not. Well, he does some sick things, and he has one patient who shows up who's too... Yeah, it's like waiting, I'm literally on the edge of his seat all I can give you a little schoolboy, and it's like, am I next? I'm next. I'm so next. And, and this he... poor kid comes out with, like, this, this headgear, enormous headgear, and it's like, tell me everything. It's the note, the interesting that the in the original film, the say the masochist who shows up for Seymour and well whoever to torture was played by Jack Nicholson, and he's much, he's a little more just creepy than Bill Murray. But Bill Murray, who's playing the masochist in the very well, quick scene, I mean the original seemed like a little more of a serious film, so perfect Jack Nicholson. Yeah, but he wasn't serious. He was like, <laughs> well, he moved. You know what I mean. He had a stomachache <laughs> and cancer. <laughs> But Bill Murray, on the other hand, he has the big O when he's being tortured. Oh, yeah. Bill Murray was just, um, crazy. It's like, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. He's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get out. It's freaks. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty interesting. The rest of the film, should we spoil it or should we just let them? Well, let's not spoil this one too much. Yeah, because this one, there's a lot which happens, because the thing is, will Audrey 2 do what it wants to do? Will Seymour get what he wants? Will happy things happen? Well, you gotta watch it to find out. Really. I mean, the movie's really, it's an interesting film, especially the fact that it was originally just, it's a horror movie comedy musical. Yes. uh, uh, Is it the first of its kind? I It is in ways, um, some aspects of it, especially like Audrey too, the plant, it kind of, the character reminded me a lot of Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror. Just the care, like, its mannerisms and everything, and its attitude, it, And profanity and... I could see where there's the inspiration, where they got inspiration from. Yeah, and also you could see that Frank Oz used his puppeteering because he was famous for working with the Muppet Show. Yeah. Audrey too was very, you know, was a great puppet. Was the special effects were really cool. Yes. Like there's a scene when Audrey two calls Audrey one, and you see as Audrey two's on the phone, he's got one vine on the phone holding it to its mouth and like it's pantomiming holding it to its ear, and it's got the other vine wrapped around the cord. Like, you know, how a person used to do back when they had cords, you'd wrap it around kind of like just keeping your mind busy. But then, since it has multiple vines, it has another vine which has three prongs on it drumming against the wall. Like when (laughs) you're on the phone, you'd be drumming it like waiting for someone to answer the phone going... Which was pretty, pretty good. The phone looks so tiny, like up by his head Yeah. Yeah, Audrey 2 is really big, and this is old school phones. This was a rotary phone. Many of you may not know what the hell a rotary phone is, but back in the old days, before touchtone, you had to spin a circle and go click, 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 to call someone. Yeah, my parents still have a rotary phone. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's not in use, but we still have it. Comes in handy. I saw that they redesigned. They made someone made a rotary phone for now, but it's with buttons really? instead of the. It's yeah, I've seen it with buttons and stuff, so you get that old-fashioned look. It's mm. kind of cool. 
Oh, the rotary phone. Did you have to talk into the, um... No. The secret? No. Oh, what kind of phone was that? That, that was the original... The, that, uh, that was the original Graham Bell one where you had to actually just hit the button and say, Operator. And you have to call it and be like, Hello. Uh, yeah, you had the one really piece in one hand and then you held up the other to your ear. Yeah. yeah. Well... I never, I've never seen one of those. They, they, I've seen them sold. They have them at, like, really? the, the novelty shops have the actual phones with redesigns of it. Um, but the, here's an interesting tidbit. If you are ever in a situation where you have to use a phone and you can't dial like a normal person, what you do is if you press down lightly on the uh, turn-off button, the uh, when you hang up that little button which turns it off, if you push it multiple times, the amount of times it dials, it'll actually dial. So if you hit seven times, it'll, it'll count as a seven. Count it, wait a second, six. It's pretty cool. Interesting. I learned that a long time ago. So you could, like... Like on an office phone, you could just... Yeah, you go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, or, or one, two. Wait a second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four. You know. Interesting. I'm going to try that later. Like Morse code? Yeah, it's essentially Morse code. That's all it is. I don't know about the zero is, though. I think it's ten, but I could be wrong. If someone knows, email us, like I said. Uh, so... Well, Audrey 2 was the star of the film. was the main antagonist. But a lot of the other characters all were very... You got a sense of what they were. Yeah. I mean... Besides Mr. Sadomasochist, um, what other characters were there? Well, there was, um... Hmm. There was a nice little cameo by with John Candy when Oz Wil- Wink Wilkinson plays a, a radio DJ... Skid Row Radio DJ and um, has a show called Weird Stuff. Oh, wait. Yeah, he was a predecessor for <laughs> us. Wink Wilson's Weird World. There we go. And he was a predecessor for us. Yes. And he had all the old school ways of doing sound effects. Yes. Instead of me using actual buttons for things like this. Uh, it's also James Belushi, um, who's the um, licensing and marketing executive from... World Botanical Enterprises. He's in the he movie offers, for two minutes. <laughs> he offers a big deal to Rick Moranis for his plant. Yes, which is spoilers. Spoilers! Sorry. <laughs> a little bit of spoilers. Not really. I'm not mm-hmm. telling yeah. about the ending. What the time when this movie came out, it's really kind of common to have all these little cameos by such big stars. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not so big then. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um... Actually, no. John Candy, he had his first big starring role. This came out after his first big starring role. No, all of them were big stars at this point. I mean, except for Ellie Green, the lead female, who... Yeah, I don't don't know what else I've seen her in. I just... Let's find out. Whoa, she looks really slutty. She was in Miami Vice, Adventures of Pete and Pete, X-Files, Suddenly Susan, and uh, Talk Radio. So a lot of TV shows, like Law and Order. She was also in Pushing Daisies. And on Heroes, if you've ever seen Heroes. Okay, I've probably just seen her in Little Shop of Horrors then. Yeah, she really has not done much. But she was really good in this movie, except for her very annoying Skid Row voice. Her singing was really, really good. Yeah, her sing- yeah I agree. So sometimes it was kind of hard to understand what she was saying. Because she kept putting on that false accent. And, like, That's not a false accent. That's how she talks in real life. Oh, sorry, Ellie. <laughs> yeah, and then our lead, of course, our leading man. Who most people say he wouldn't be a leading man, but he was really good in this movie. Rick Moranis. Yeah. 
He's yeah. trying to act tough. He's so cute. He's <laughs> such a geek. But he was good in it. And it's, like a sh- it's, a, it's a shame about Rick Moranis. He's no longer doing movies. He's yeah. the, um... Like, the, the uncommon hero. Yeah. Uncommon very much, especially with his, uh... Well... I'm, hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good word to describe him, but... He's Seymour. Seymour! Oh. <laughs> That's all he is. He's Seymour. Does he remind you of that, that guy, uh, Michael Sarah, sort of? Like, I'm not, I'm not talking about... No. not talking about no. acting, but I'm talking about the type of... In mm. this movie, the type of... Mm. Uh, no, because Michael Sarah is more of a I hate myself, and Seymour was just a nerdy guy who was yeah. trying to be a good person. Uh-huh. Let's not compare the two. They were both mm. in a class of their own. Yeah, mm. Rick Moranis is Rick Moranis, and Michael Sarah as well. I'm not talking about the actor, I'm just talking about the character. Yeah, the character, no, I mean the character too, the personality type. And, well, there's some really good people in this. Just I don't want to get further into this because we're starting to blab, blah, 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 blah. We're going to spoil it before we realize what the heck we're doing. Yeah. So we should, well, the other thing that really brings this movie into what it is, is the music. It's a musical. There's a lot of really good songs in it. Um, what was your favorite songs in the movie? Certainly, Seymour. It was a little jazzy. Yeah. Um, I like. I also like the other song that um, the chorus was singing, and he's when he's sitting there feeding the plant. I, mm. I don't know the name of it. But yeah, that was like really upbeat and jazzy. Yeah, I think it's just uh, suddenly Seymour. That's all I think it was. Okay. I don't know. I like uh, Little Shop of Horrors. This is the beginning because it gets it gets you sort of into the movie, leads yeah. you into the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Skid Row was pretty good. Downtown, <laughs> that's your home. You go downtown. Well, for me, my favorite song in the movie is "Supper Time" because it was just the scene was a very important point in the movie because it's just when Audrey kind of gives Seymour an option, like saying, "If you do this." Good things will happen to you, but if not, well, then you're you're up Shit's Creek. And as you can guess, you can hear in the background we're playing it. So, kind of cool. There's also a song which wasn't played in the original film, in the original theatrical release, which is called The Meek Shall Inherit, which is the original ending, which was a very... It's Actually, it's Don't Feed the Plants. That was a whole other song we didn't hear? It wasn't in the original film. The ending was originally Don't oh. Feed the Plants, because it had a very different ending. The alternate ending is a lot more depressing and sad. It's more of the original play's ending. This has a much more happy ending. I know this is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's there's a lot difference in the, the, the alternate ending. It's much more, well, driven, I want to say? I don't know. There's some other songs that were never released, like, um, that I saw when I saw this in theaters years ago. Because the first time I saw this was on TV. Then I saw it live when I was seven, eight, which is really creepy. Because the thing was, I remember my teacher, her son, was Seymour and had that. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> was he the so? He was the voice of the plant. Uh, they had people inside of it. They had they had actors inside so, of it moving it, but he did the voice of Feed me. Ah, that's cool. Good Gonna get it. Uh huh. <laughs> Gee, I'd like to drive a Harley machine. And around like I, was. I also like that. I also like Feed Me, Get and Get It. Um, and, well, I can't forget. Cause I'm a dentist. <laughs> just because he's just. It's Steve Martin singing. There's only three songs he's ever sung on 
television or on movies because most times he's playing his banjo because he's actually a very famous banjo player. Yeah, he's really good. But for singing, he's only done, I remember, only three. Three songs I remember of him, and this was one of them. The other one I remember is from the very, well, infamous Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart, the horrible Bee Gees movie, where he did Bang Bang Maxwell Silver Hammer came down upon his head. It's a really bad version, but it's so catchy because it's just Steve Martin acting crazy and unusual and just Steve Martin-y. I've learned a new verb, Steve Martin-y. But yeah, so out of our five-point rating, which is um, protest outside your local red box because you don't want anyone to rent this reprehensible piece of shit to just have playing in the background while you surf the internet for any possible thing from wedding magazines to pornography uh, worth watching in theaters once or twice borrow from a friend don't return unless offered well whatever candy of your choice or really 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 fucking cool what would you guys give it I would say borrow it from a friend and don't return until they offer you Milky Way bars Ooh, is I'm that good right now. yes caramel okay <laughs> <laughs> I'd say borrow from a friend too. Um, I like this movie because I remember watching as a kid, and that's what I have affinity for. Uh, well, as you know, I go with the peer pressure. So, borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered pocky or gummy bears, because it is that interesting. It's not. It's a movie you can watch once in a while, but you can't watch over and over and over and over and over again. No. no. I definitely have to space it out. It's a very good Halloween movie, though. Because yes. this is our third entry into the Halloween month. Just a little bit. And speaking of which, well, yeah, it was really good. And I know this is a shorter movie review. Usually we're here for four hours. But, <laughs> well, to be honest with you, well, it was not. that's not much you can really say about this movie except what you can say about it. You know? And so, if you want, you can check us out at www.sparkin.com. You can email us at sparkin... Wait, 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 what am I doing? What am I doing? What? Are we forgetting something? What am I forgetting? Oh, I'm forgetting, what am I forgetting, what am I forgetting? I'm forgetting something, alright. The 12-sided dice? Yes! The dodecahedron of movies! Someday I'll learn how to say that word. <laughs> uh, where did I put it? Where is it? It is missing! The 12-sided dice! It is missing... Um, I know. Uh, over there. It's over. The, it's over there. It's on top of that thing right there. Uh, next to the coin counter. Yes, I have a coin counter in my room, and I'm probably gonna be deleting most of this. Awesome. I see some dice. Just hand me one. Hand me one. Okay. Oh, I see them. Aha. Oh, this is the other. Dodecahedron movies. The Dodecahedron type. No, this one works. This one works. This works. This works. This works. <laughs> there are multiple. The main one is the pink one, which is somewhere around here. But either way, the Dodecahedron of movies. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the Dodecahedron of movies is a twelve-sided dice, which we've assigned nine movies to, because this is the last. Well, this is this is the big one. This is our Halloween episode coming up, which we're going to have. So it's all interesting Halloween movies, from Halloween to Friday the Thirteenth to even well, we have a couple of underdogs, including Spaced Invaders, which no one remembers but me. You guys, come out? Space Invaders? It's a Disney film with aliens, little aliens. I just know it's an arcade game. <laughs> it's an old movie. And there's one movie which I'm hoping for, but I don't know if it's going to happen. So let's roll the Dodecahedron movie and see what we're going to be reviewing in the next episode of the Sparkin Movie Review. Or actually, you know what? One of you do it. Okay. You want to do it? Right. You roll.
Number 10, which is roll again, so... <gasps> that doesn't count! Okay. Alright. Again! Alrighty. Again! <laughs> Three. <laughs> Zan is pleased! <laughs> Zan is very pleased. Now, should we reveal this now, or should we let them wait until Halloween? Is it what I think it is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> then maybe we should just wait till Halloween and leave our listeners in suspense. Let's keep them waiting. So, next episode, episode 16, is going to be our Halloween episode, and it should be a little fun, because... We may have multiple segments, so I guess that's it for this episode of the Spark and Moon Review, and as usual, this is Hope, and my favorite quote is that... My name's Belchan, and my favorite quote is... A lot of folks deserve to die! Wait a minute, wait a minute! That's not a very nice thing to say! But it's true, isn't it? No! I don't know anyone who deserves to get chopped up and fed to a hungry plant! And this is Zan for Spark and Movie Review, and my favorite quote of this movie is... Excuse me, pardon me, beg your pardon. If you two kids would just stop singing for a moment, I've got something I want to discuss with you. So, as usual, with Spark and Movie Review, see you next time, and we are gone, so thanks for listening. Are you dead?